From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fans. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Chris. You know what? I'm never flying solo when I got my Bleed Blue family with me, man. What's up, everybody? This this is your professor, Christopher. What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Big big Blue Roundtable. This is that preview show. It's the Cowboys. <coughs> Hard for me to spit that out. God damn it. Anyway, that's for week three. Later on, we got the pick we have to do. We have to do the uh, the uh, Survivor uh, the survivor picks. I got my man Azul here. At this is Steve Azul on Twitter. I got Carl at the C Note. Lady Blue's coming on later on. Hey man, we're gonna have a pretty decent hour here. We, you know, we're gonna try to pack it in as good as we can. You know, but obviously, you know how to reach us. We're on all kinds of social media: Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. Remember those Twitters, man. Twitter is very interesting. You got to check that out. You know, you got a quick thought, put that on there and retweet whatever you see, man, because it's going to be nothing but positive. Check out the baseball with, with the Yankees. Susie Prof of, of Bleeding Yankee Blue and all, all that noise from around the NBL. And check out Hockey with Ranger Proud and follow, follow him on Twitter and Instagram and Empire Sports Media and everything around the NHL. Ah, Azul! Where you at, man? What's up, T? Hey, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man, it's, it's almost hey. We get hey Monday night game. Monday night game we're gonna have, man. You know the, the I don't know the, the, what that is. Somebody trying to I I don't know what that was, but somebody trying to do something to my my phone. But anyway. Um, check this out. Now, at the, at no matter what kind of season the Giants come off, they always seem to have a, a prime time or maybe two or three prime time games, and this is no exception. We got a Monday night one coming up, and I can't wait to hear what you got to say about it, bro. You and Carl and, and Lady Blue and, the, and all the wonderful faithful, we're just going to have a lot of fun today. Hey, 929-477-4171 is, is the number. Um Nick, I forgot one thing. The Knickerbocker Ave show. Follow, follow that. That's, follow Knickerbocker Ave. His page is on on all the uh, social media as well. All the updates around it, um, the NBA and whatever you. And they had a hell of a show last night as well. So you need to check that out. Oh, along with the stakeholder spotlight episode, featuring some of the great stories of the sports fans and sound offs right here on your Bleed Blue show. Like I said, it's nine two nine four seven seven four one seven one. So Azul, man, how you feeling, man? Holler at me before we swing into this thing. I mean, you know, week three, uh, got a game Monday night. Probably got a got a post game on Monday. Um, probably going to switch Lisa. around the shows. Probably probably switch around the shows for uh, Sunday. Do the baseball on Sunday, sometimes Sunday before the football, and then let you guys rock out on Monday night after the game. So, uh, that, I mean, that's a, I really have nothing else to add. I think week two, I don't know how week three is going to top week two as far as drama. Because you heard me say uh, Dolphins and Ravens was the game of the day at the postgame. But right. it's arguably, you could see the Raiders and that Cardinals game was arguably better than that. That ending was fantastic. These that games was were crazy. off the hook on week two. That was yeah. crazy. But, hey, 
the Jets must have no slouch either, man. <laughs> throw them into the mix, too. Throw them so into crazy. the mix, too. So I like that because it was, a, it was a weekend of great, crazy football, unexpected endings, some last-minute heroics everywhere just about, man. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. So, okay, so we'll do that. We, we'll, we, um, let's talk about this before we go on, man, because we got we want to cover this. We want to cover more than just our game, man. We want to see what else is up because our gaming, you know, is basically next week. So let's, 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 let's see who's on the line. First of all, let's start off with Carl at the C-Notes. What's up, T? A pleasant good evening, gentlemen. It is Dallas week down here. And, you know, the store still has the 10% off on groceries. And with this inflation, you know, I would, I would have taken them up on it if the Giants were 0-2. But uh, they're two and zero, oh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold, I'm gonna hold back for now. <laughs> I want to hear what you got to say about this game, bro. I really do. I'm really interested in your insight. Uh, I want to know, you know, how you how you're looking at it. I'm, I've been chomping at the bit waiting for it, Carl. So I'll be right back, bro. Lady Blue, NY Love. 516, is that how you say it? Yep. How are you, my darling? Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday Eve. I am doing well, my love. Good move. Well, I want to tell everyone that Ryan says hello. He's at his cousin's football game, rooting him on, but he wanted me to tell everyone he says hello. (laughs) Yeah. It was was refreshing to hear that young voice. I loved it. I loved it. And you, and you oh, yeah, I, I'm training him real well. You want to laugh, though, every time he comes over to this house? I mean, he is only 12. He says, Annie Lane, you know how much I love you, but when you die, what are you leaving me in the gi- as your giant stuff? Oh, wow. Did you say yes? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love him to death. I was like, you know, kid, you know, but he's a good kid. He's excited to meet everybody in October, which I will talk about later also, but I can't wait to hear, actually, I can't wait to hear Carl's perspective on this week's game also, because I haven't done much homework because it's been the week from hell, but I'm looking forward to it, and I'm just glad to be here with my family. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. 929-477-4171, everyone. This is the Bleed Blue, Big Bleed Blue Roundtable with, uh, Lady Blue, Carl, and the Fantastic Azul. Let me swing you right into it. So I tell you what, man. Um, <laughs> it's that time, Carl. I mean, you know, this this is it's something special about this game. I know, especially in Dallas, there's all that you know uh, anticipation, if you will. I haven't, you know, what I did through the city recently, like the last two days, obviously because I was up there for a conference. I'm not feeling. The um, what's what's the word I want to? You know how there's always that that thing in the air whenever one of our division rivals come to town. It's not there this time. I don't know why. I have no idea. But they'll get it. I don't know why. Maybe because walkway. Why is that? Why is that though? The Mets are running shit, and Aaron Judge <laughs> got a triple crown <laughs> on his hand. <laughs> we got two two teams that probably end up in the World Series. That's why. Yeah, you ain't lying. Oh man, but um, I don't know about okay. that, but yeah, I mean, it's, that's what it comes down to. It, it possibly, it's not, it's not out of the realm. Of the, but uh, Carl, man, I got to give you the spotlight right now, bro. Um, 
you know, I, I really, really want to know what the perspective is, like Lady Blue was alluding to. What, what is, what is, you know, what's going on? What is your take on all things Cowboys versus Giants as we, as we speak right now? And I'd like to uh, tell all the uh, listeners in there, nine two nine four seven seven four one seven one. Yeah, this is the Bleed Blue Show, and Carl at three notes is about to take the mic. So go ahead, bro. So the view down here um, in Dallas has changed from what it was seven days ago um, when there was a real dread that the season might be over. Um, when Prescott got hurt, obviously, and they had the backup quarterback come in who played – you know, didn't play, let's put it this way, he did not play terrible in the game on Sunday against Cincinnati. Um, and because they were able to win that, in addition to the way the Dallas defense, the first two games has played, fans hope that if Prescott only has to miss maybe three more games, there's rumors about him coming back in two weeks, you know, depending on what you believe, like that there's a belief that the Cowboys can hold on, serve long enough to when he gets back for them to do whatever it is that they plan on doing. So I thought about this for a moment coming into this week, and I said, okay, well, like what advantages do the Giants specifically have against the Dallas Cowboys, right? So can the Giants run the ball on the Cowboys? I think so, yes. Um, But I think the one issue that has come up and I'm pretty sure that folks who have watched the first two Cowboy games have noticed this. Um, there is a Micah Parsons problem. Yes, no one can block him. Cincinnati chose, for unknown reasons, not to block him a couple of times on Sunday and paid the price dearly. He, he is controlling and wrecking games at the line of scrimmage, no matter who is being um, put against him to defend question I have coming into Monday night is do the Giants have suitable enough of a game plan or offensive linemen to stop him? Because if the answer to that, that is, is no, that. yeah, if, if the answer to that question is no, well, this is going to be a problem because as we have seen so far this season, the Giants have been getting, you know, the, this is going to lead to a question later on. But, you know, the Giants have given up a, an inordinate amount of sacks first two games. Um, That's right. If he is, if he is a part of that with Lawrence on the inside and a couple of their other uh, Ozia Odigazua as well on the inside, like that to me is the game. If the Giants cannot block the Cowboys' defensive line, this is going to be a very very long night. And com- unfortunately. The Cowboys' defensive line is much better than Tennessee's to me, much better than Cincinnati's. That's where the game is. If you tell me they can block them, I'll tell you they have a chance. If you tell me they can't block them, I'm telling you right now, even with Cooper Rush starting a quarterback, the game will be in a position where the Cowboys can steal it on Monday. Can I, wow. can I um, interject? Yeah, I was getting ready to say, you guys have any questions? Okay, go, go for it. That's the that's the number one question I had in my notes. I was going to ask Carl and everybody else. That is the exact. I'm glad Carl said it. How do you block or what can the Giants do to neutralize Michael Parsons? That's literally my number one question for this week. Because he's right. I agree. Um, he's been a terror in that Tampa Bay Sunday night game. And if you watch that 4 p.m. Cincinnati game, he was all over the field. 
I don't think we have an answer. And the question I had for everybody tonight, what do we do to at least neutralize it? I don't think you could completely stop it, but how do you contain it? And also, what can the quarterback do in particular to not be frightened to turn the ball over? Because this has got ugly written all over it. That's I'm glad he brought that up. That was the number one question for me. Uh, yeah, I think the only way we're going to stop Micah Parsons if we tranquilize his ass. I mean, I don't see anyone on our offensive line that can – I mean, it depends on also where he lines up, too. I mean, not for nothing, Feliciano, our center, he just sucks. He's like an open door, and if he lines up over him, poor uh, our quarterback doesn't have a chance. He won't even have a second to breathe. He'll be back there before the ball gets there because Feliciano sucks. I mean, not for nothing, if I was the Cowboys, that's exactly where I would put him because if you watch the tape, Feliciano can't block a damn thing. I mean, but like I said, if I was in the stands, I'd shoot his ass with a tranquilizer gun. That's about the only way we're going to contain him because I actually had that same question written down. I hate this team. Oh, my God. I hate this team more than you hate the Eagles, okay? I hate. I mean, as much as Kristen hates this team, double it. I hate, 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 hate this team. I wish the entire stadium would implode with the team and Jerry Jones in it, okay? I I mean, you will never, ever catch my ass at AT AT&T Stadium. I don't care if the Giants are at a Super Bowl there. You will never catch me going to that stadium, ever. Oh, come on. I mean, come on down. Come on. Yeah, come on. Oh, down. no, no. Uh, I hate well, that I stadium. You, I hate I the team. You, I got to tell you, ladies, no, this I, is a true story. This is a true story. And this is before I bring on my man Brian from the big, big blue huddle. He's on the line. He's standing by. I got to tell you, I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year that the Cowboys and the Bills played on Thanksgiving. I was at that game. Okay. And I got to tell you that the Bills beat won the game, and I walked in with my giant gear on. I was prepared, prepared to be pummeled, prepared, right? I walked in there, and I saw some really, just about everybody, was a real unhappy Dallas Cowboys fan. Everybody was. Everybody was. They were talking about, you know, take, you, you could take Garrett, and you could take friggin' the, the owner with you and all that. And you could take the concession guy. They were, they were very venomous about his ass. And I remember saying, I got out of, out of here without a scratch. And they were real kind. <laughs> I, maybe I was lucky. I don't know. But I was with five other people, and I had a beautiful time. And I loved that stadium, especially that that, that um, um, Cotton Bowl display. And I'll leave it right there because that's the stadium that attacked me. I mean that would have attacked me. It would have been a fad. But you would have you would like the experience. That's all I want to say. Jerry Jones doesn't. Yeah. Does well, all right. Then we'll see. Maybe one day. But we'll I see. just wish the whole team and the owner would just like implode or something. I know you. That's say. A, that's extremely. <laughs> Literally. Uh, Brian, big blue huddle. What's yeah. up, man? Well, Professor, how we been, man? Hey man, we've been okay, man. We're 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 surprised we're two and zero, and it's like a new, it's, it's it's like waking up to a brand new toy on Christmas, man. So, 
it, it feels pretty good. We're still trying to open it and try to figure out how it works. Nobody read the directions yet. So that's where <laughs> we're at. That's, that's where we're at Oop. right now, man. We're, we're talking about the big blue bleh, big blue huddle. I was going to say that. We're talking about, um, well, actually, Carl started off, and then Lady Blue followed it. Well, Azul followed him, then Lady Blue. Talking about the uh, that, that phenomenon called Michael Parsons, you know, the one that we were supposed to draft a couple of years ago? Yeah, the, the one that you about. wanted badly, and, and uh, you were yeah, right about it. you remember it. that? I wanted him so badly, I wanted to kiss him on his lips, and he didn't, never came over here. And that was really bad, and it's messed up, and now they got him. And he's the current NFL sack leader. Let me tell you, Carl just alluded to something. You know, okay, so we gave up five sacks to the Titans. Then we gave up. But what's, what's overlooked is the Cowboys leads, have, have, they have eight sacks of their own in the first two games. And four of them come from this monster, number 11. What can we do about that? Okay, well. I did some scouting on the Cowboys, in fact, quite, quite a bit. I just put out a, a scouting report on their offense and do the defense tomorrow. But what, what the Cowboys do on defense is they walk up six to the line up tight. But mm-hmm. if, they, if it's a run game, then, then they run blitz. If the pass game two drop back, they only rush with four. They don't blitz at all. Yeah, and so you should be able yeah, – what we have to do with them is you have got to block on the – you've got to block Michael Parsons. I mean, he's just eating everybody alive right now. And so you, you double off at him, and you hope you get some uh, protection because he mostly comes off at of the edge, especially from the strong side. Um, but – and then, you know, you hope you get some help there in, in, the, uh, in the middle of the line, which has not been good at all. But don't, don't ever let your their best player beat you. So if they come with four, you got five, you keep it back, now you got six. And, you know, their secondary is, you know, very middling to uh, actually subpar. But the pass rush hides that sort of thing. So that, that's what you have to do. I don't, I'm not going to say it's going to work. But, you know, that, that should be the Giants' answer to it. And they run the ball quite a bit. Yeah, you know, they're, they're 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 light and you know not a lot of sand in the pants on our defensive line. They're, all of their edge players are you know six three six four two sixty five. You know you know Parsons listed as linebacker, so he's a little lighter. Um, but other than that, he, their defensive tackles are, are you know not not that big comparatively to, to most. You know they go with speed speed over size. So if you mm-hmm. run at them, don't let them run blitz on you. You should be able to move them off. But you know that's a you know best formula to neutralize what's you know guy who's developing and the best player uh, defensive player in the game. Wow. So all right. So look. Um okay, well I like I like the way you put that. I think the Giants offense could still have a good game if we run the damn ball like you said, but you know, I mean, come on, man. I mean, the ball, he, he's going to, he's going to, besides the line, he's going to fall screens. He, he's going to have to get the, Jones is going to have to get the ball out of his hands. I I agree with Azul, too. It could be ugly. And the Giants have had two bad first halves out of these, with these two games. And it could be ugly early. It could be ugly early. I, ugh. It's probably, I think, but you know what? They always make these adjustments in game, and I really like that. I just hope it's something that they'll try to make an adjustment pre-game now, in order, to, <laughs> in order to uh, alleviate that kind of pain. We'll see. 
Be right back, Brian. DB Nation! What's going on, everybody? Hey, man, we talking about Mike Parsons, man. And what kind of threat hey. he poses to us on Monday. How how interesting is it, before I even go into Mr. Penn State defense himself, look, what, look at that jersey number that he wears. You know, the Giants yeah. had the 11th pick, and we crapped the bed. So every time... Because, Chris, you and I are on the same page. We, we both wanted Michael Parsons. Every time I even see this guy in that ugly-ass Dallas jersey, when I see that number 11, it's a constant reminder, hey, ghetto bum, you're an idiot. Thanks for whiffing on me. That's why I wear this number 11, because the New York Giants had that 11th pick, and he wanted to come to New York. So, obviously, we've got to deal with that problem now. You know, he's definitely okay. a problem. And like the last caller said, all you could do is try to help to slow this guy down. You know, he, he's getting his, his young Khalil Mack on right now. So mm-hmm. we got we to gotta get a, another helmet on this guy to try to slow him down. And Mike Kafka better call a freaking great, great game. You know, get the ball out of number eight's hands quick because, uh, obviously, I mean, we already know about him. But and, and as aggressive as they are, if, if, they, if those edge rushers want to come upfield, we got to adjust to that, that aggressiveness. If they're not really blitzing, you know, like that, that's okay. We got to adjust to that stuff. Like you said something, Chris, about jumping screens off. If they're coming heavy on the outside, we go inside and vice versa. You know, we got to keep these guys on their toes. And, yeah, their secondary is not as – not all that great. I mean, Diggs had a great uh, rookie year, but he's, like – he's getting exposed now. Like, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they just crapped their pants. I don't know what happened in that game. They should have beat Dallas, but, you know, it happened. But running the football, we should be able to pound these guys. I don't care if it's left, right, up the middle. The O-line is better at run blocking and pass blocking right now, even though they're, they're still gelling. It's still early. But I believe the Giants are going to get off to a good start. And as long as we got that number 26 back there, the, the monster himself, Saquon, yeah. and, and all yeah. of our running backs, all of our running backs, how about we, we could even switch it up a bit, give them, give them a nice dose of Saquon, Matt Breida. I call them the three Bs. We got Barkley, Breida, and Brightwell. Let's go. Mm-hmm. We got three. We got, we got a hydro. We got a three-headed monster in the backfield. So we could switch it up. And then, again, with that secondary, I don't know if you guys talked about number 19 at all. I don't know. We don't know what's going on with Galladay. But oh, look how much oh, we're God. paying this guy. The reason why I even brought him up, if he's, if he's the highest-paid receiver, we got to somehow find a way to get our money's worth out of this guy. I mean, I'm not a huge fan since he came over. But at the same time, too, you got to somehow plug this guy in. Kadarius Tony. He was the, the oh, cowboy man. killer last year, you know. So we got a lot of different guys who can make some plays. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it, how it all goes. Okay, um, Azul, thank you, DB. Big big shout out to him. Azul, uh, you got any questions for anybody? First of all, I, I absolutely do. I have questions for everybody. But if when okay. I ask the question, can you just give us like a minute? I'm gonna use my three minutes. For everybody to answer my questions, I'll start with okay. I'll start with Carl, and I'll work my way to Elaine, uh, Brian, and um, DB Nation. Uh, Carl, mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with you as far as uh, Michael Parsons. Um, I guess when I look at the number of snaps offensively for the Giants, how what if you could give me a percentage of what they need to do to win on the offensive line to neutralize? Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons at the point of attack, like right? meaning, how what is a threshold 
for the Giants, if they're going to lose this game, that Michael Parsons went over a certain percentage of dominance that they won that side of the line of scrimmage if you had to do it from an analytical perspective? I can't wait to hear this answer. Let me think about that. Yeah. See, because there's – all right, so there's two things on that. I'm thinking about the amount of plays the Giants – do you you guys know how many plays the Giants have run on average the last two games or first two games of the season? Is it is it above or below like fifty five? It's one hundred twenty eight between the two. So, oh, okay, so sixty four sixty four oh, game. Okay, so not, okay, a little above that. Okay, so sixty four plays a game. Of that, um, for I would say the Giants need to run rough right around that same amount again. I think the one issue with Parsons is this: when you look at the game. See, Parsons, he gets what I refer to as impact plays defensively. Like when he sacks you, sometimes it's sack, fumble, ball loose, going the other way. And he just needs one of those to change the game. And that's what I'm kind of trying to – like, if you, and especially if the Giants are losing. I think, I think the Giants have to play the game from ahead. Because if, if it gets into a situation where the Giants are telling them more than seven points and they're forced to throw the ball, and then having Parsons kind of just focus on edge rushing and just come into the quarterback, then I think there's, there's problems. So I think, 60, I think 60 plays would be the number, but heavily mm-hmm. tilted to where Giants only pass the ball about 25 times. Fantastic. All right, cool. Thank you on that. Let me go to Elaine real quick, and then we go to Brian and then DB. Uh, Elaine, uh, Lady Blue, uh, what about special teams? What are your thoughts as far as what the Giants need to do on special teams? Is it just to secure the ball, fair catches, or do they have to make plays to get a good field position and Graham get no impact in a, on a Monday night in Jersey? What, what are your thoughts? Special teams needs to get their heads out of their asses and remember how to tackle. That's the biggest thing because they have screwed the pooch when it comes to tackling. There's too many missed tackles. Um, our only bright spot on our special teams has been Graham Gano. I mean, why you would take a fair catch at the 10-yard line instead of taking the chance of it going out of bounds, I mean, in the end zone or something, I don't know. But our special teams coach needs to light a fire under them, and they need to remember how to tackle because they've been, basically for me, they've been pathetic, for the exception of Graham Gano. He's at 100% because he hasn't missed. I mean, if it wasn't for him, we would have lost. But it's every game, the past two weeks, that's the biggest thing. Every team has had a really good run back on us, kickoff return, I mean, or punt return, because of piss poor tackling. I mean, so they need to remember how to do that, and they need to cut down on the penalties. I mean, our, our special teams right now is our – Well, they did have a fumble recovery on the opening kickoff last week. I mean, I thought that was good, right? Well, well yeah. I mean, it's the tackling that – I mean, yeah. I mean, well, look at the, when they when they fumbled it, he was holding it like a loaf of bread. I could have got the ball out of there. I mean, but – I mean, but they just – to me, they just forgot how to tackle. I mean – yeah, uh, to me, when that happened, I honestly thought they got lucky with that because of how bad special teams has been played. I mean, I am constantly screaming at special teams 
to tackle someone, block someone, don't get a penalty. I mean, I'm getting hoarse yelling at special teams. Well, that and just freaking offense can't find the end zone that much, but that's a different story. But, no, I need, I need special teams to remember how to tackle. That, that's my biggest issue. Get the, it's, okay. a, it's a game of field position, and special teams is supposed to be the key to help us get or give field position. They need to make sure that Dallas does not have good field position. That is their job, and that's what they need to do. All right, cool. Uh, now, Brian, let me go to Brian real quick, because um, he mentioned about um, Dallas bringing four. Now, look, my question to you is, can they block? Meaning, can the Giants block them? What do you when when we have the discussion after the game on Monday? How well do you think the Giants have blocked on Monday night versus that that four man rush against Dallas? I think it's probably going to be middle of the road. I mean, the Giants have been sacked eight times already in two games, and I wouldn't probably be surprised if that isn't the case again. Dallas has eight sacks in two games. So my take is if they get sacked four times, I'd be happy with it. But what I'd also be happy with is a good, solid run game. The Giants right now, 128 plays, I just looked it up, uh, 65 runs, 63 pass plays. That's almost 50-50, and, and which is although almost unheard of nowadays, it nonetheless kind of fits you know the, the style of offense they have right now, at least the strengths that they have. So I, I would say that yeah, you know you know three four sacks, but but they don't destroy drives on you. You know, if we see Daniel Jones, there's maybe some quarterback uh, 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 draws, things of that nature, stuff that can, that can slow him down. But you're going to have to run right at him. There's an awful lot of speed on that defense. If you try to run, like, sweeps and things like that, they're not going to work because there's just too much speed, particularly off of their edge. So I would say, yeah, I would, you know, hoping for, you know, like a B-plus run grade and maybe a C-minus pass grade. And uh, they, they should be plenty enough to beat Dallas because, you know, they're just very limited on offense going in this week. Right, right. Shout out to Bryant on that. And then we go go to DB Nation because he brought up um Diggs from the uh from the Cowboys. Now now I thought he had an excellent tackle on the tight end in the fourth quarter against the Bengals DB Nation. Uh I guess I I kinda of with Brian. They're kinda of subpar. Uh they're they're secondary and you're a secondary guy. I mean you're a defensive guy anyway, but secondary in particular. But um as far as their corners uh, going lining up against all wide receivers, because you mentioned Galladay, and I agree with you, do you think they're going to try to get him more snaps, or are they going to put him in the doghouse on that? As far as man-to-man covers, they're going to or versus the zone, the way the Cowboys like to sit back and let their front four attack. And number two, about running the rock, what type of run plays would benefit for the Giants as far as in the in interior? to, let's say, keep the ball moving outside of, of course, penalties and shit of that nature? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, in terms of uh, Galladay, I mean, I hope he gets in just because we're paying him a lot. Plus, he's our biggest body wide receiver out there. So, you know, a lot of 50-50 balls because uh, Dallas doesn't really have any, like, big guys back there in the secondary jump with, with Galladay if Galladay was on his game and if Galladay actually got in the game. So, um, 
it's really, I think, more so about the slots. Whoever's playing the slot, that's where Kadarius Tony comes in because um, he killed him last year. I mean, pr- pretty much from everywhere, but that slot position, I don't know who, who Dallas's nickel corner is or DB, but whoever they are, um, they're not going to be able to, to hang with, with, with Tony. So I think Tony uh, will be the X factor with that. Um, and even Sterling Shepard, who knows? You know, put him in a slot. But on the outsides, I think they're going to play – they're going to play – bump and run coverage um, for the most part. But yeah. then again, depending, depending on the success we have against them, you know, they're going to – the defensive coordinator for them is going to adjust accordingly. Um, in terms of running the ball, um, they got to switch it up. Like like Brian said, like, you know, toss sweeps for the most part in the NFL, the speed is just different. And with that edge, edge speed that they have and safeties and corners flying up to make tackles, we might get lucky if we get one sweep, you know, one or two, but, but – um, the offensive coordinator just has to keep mixing it up because, you know, whether it's a, a draw here or, you know, go power, you know, like, like that, that big third down we had with uh, Gary Brightwell. At first, because I, I was at Manny Dog's house, I was like, who's mm-hmm. that playing fullback? Then all of a sudden, the fullback got the ball and busted it up the middle. I think we were all shocked because, for one, Gary Brightwell's a halfback. He was lined up at fullback, and he got the ball. So, to see a two-back set, I-formation, power football like that, that was beautiful. And we need to go back to that. So um, I think a lot of power runs up the middle. Um, and what, what, what's also been working, too, is like that jet sweep dive where uh, Sterling Shepard or David Sills or whoever, the receiver will go across the formation, and then the defenders have to adjust, and then you never know if he's getting that ball or if it's going to be a dive to Saquon. So that's really hard to defend. So, and a lot of teams I noticed on offense are running that jet sweep dive. So, because you got to be on your toes. Because if you think the receiver has it, here comes the running back up the middle and vice versa. So, I think just kind of trying to trick them and keep them on their toes will definitely uh, help out. Throwing screens, we got to get these edge rushers. You, you guys want to be aggressive? That's okay. We'll take, we'll take advantage of that and dump screens right over your head. So, I really hope we see a few screen passes, whether it's middle, left, or right, against that Dallas defense, too, since they like to – you know, they do have that team speed. All right, cool. Now, first, I'm going to go back to you. You go ahead and do what you got to do. But I got two questions for you, and if you want to throw it at the stakeholders and, and also anything, you you know, you know, you know, with the rest of this episode, who is the better quarterback on Monday? Is it? I mean, are we sleeping on Cooper Rush? Or no, it's, a, it's an honest question. No, it's, just honest. it's an honest question because Cooper no, Rush has well, he's gone to, he, he's gone to Minnesota and won last year. Right? Uh, they beat Cincinnati, uh, you know, a team that went to the, the Super Bowl, beat Joe Burrow, and he didn't fuck up in that game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? that? That's kind of like a, you know, an opening question as far as who plays the better quarterback on Monday. Uh, you know what? We've come a long ways from Sims and Aikman, haven't we? Damn. Uh, Cooper Rush versus Daniel Jones. Ah, what a question is this? Okay, ah, let me let me set up for this one. Whew. This this is unusual, Steve. I wasn't really ready for this question, but I'm gonna try it. Okay, so let me see. So so far, Cooper Rush what? He's played like five quarters, right? I guess he hasn't turned the ball over yet. So that's pretty small sample size. If you're a um, if you're a cowboy fan, you feel a little positive about that. I don't 
I saw the second half of I saw when he came in last week against Cincinnati, and he and Daniel Jones have similar. I don't know what the stats are. I'm going to look at them, and if somebody can look it up while I'm talking, I'd love it. But that average depth target, which is probably like maybe eight yards, it's comparable to Daniel Jones, which means it's probably middle of the pack type. I think. Hold on one second. Okay, I think one thing. I think if you put it this way, because this is hard for me, because it's hard for me to to give Daniel Jones a lot of props traditionally. But I'm gonna say this right now. The thing for the Cowboys fans to be optimistic about when it comes to Rush Cooper Rush is that he did have a hell of a lot of chemistry with his wide receivers, especially Noah Brown. Okay, now Rush was playing with the second string. But Rush spent his offseason practicing with the second string and the down roster wide receivers that are currently seeing these snaps because of the depth issues at that position that, that the Cowboys have. Now, the, the play calling last week was a little too conservative early in that game. But the thing going for that guy, that Rush dude, a former giant quarterback, by the way, is that he has more time in practice with the current starting, his current starting roster more time with Kellen Moore to key in on the strength of his of his um um starting quarterback, and most of all, he gets more confidence after that good showing on the center last week. With Daniel Jones, ah, like I said earlier, he has to get rid of that ball quickly because I know he'll be dreaming or eating number eleven all night, and mostly him. Um, I don't. Look, here's the, oh God, Steve. That's a loaded question from the, from our side. I knew what to what to say on Dan, on Cooper Rush's side. With Daniel Jones, I'm not really sure. Elaine alluded to the uh, alluded to the uh, the uh, the frailty of our of our offensive line the last two games. You know, I'm looking at his, Daniel Jones's turn. Um, he's only had one interception, but it was a bad one. But he also has been slow getting that ball out of his hand, and that's not going to work against this Dallas defense. I also don't know what to expect in terms of of his chemistry with our wide receivers. Now, the big news all week long, Steve, has been, you know, and it's the only fly, it's the, it's the elephant in the room. Everybody's talking about Galladay. Everybody is, you know. And, and that interview Galladay had today didn't do him any justice either. So, I don't know how effective at this point, this is the unknown, and I'm a Giant fan. I don't know how much of a chemistry situation is going to be between Daniel Jones and, and David Sills and Daniel Jones and Richie, Richie James versus that, that, that Dallas, that Dallas uh, defense and the, and the chemistry that they're going to have with, uh, with uh, Daniel Jones. I just don't know. I don't know. So to answer your question, <sighs> Cooper Rush probably has the edge. I guess. Can I ask a follow-up? Right, cool. Yeah, please. If the quarterback matchup is even on Monday, is that good or bad? I think it's good. Oh, sorry. Who are you asking? Who are you, who, that's, that's, for, that's, for, that's, for, that's for open discussion. Okay, because the Cowboys got it done last week by the skin of their teeth. And against the Super Bowl team. 
And the Giants, we've beaten two, let's admit it, two weak opponents in close games too. So the game is going to come down, in my opinion, down to who can move the best, move the ball best between the 20-yard line and which offense makes the fewest game-changing mistakes. So <laughs> here we go. Graham Cano and Brett I even Mark. have another question. three minutes. If you had to rank, <laughs> this is a good question, I believe. Rank the three quarterbacks in this order from best to worst or worst to best. Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Cooper Rush. Uh, wow. Bad worst. Bad worst. Let me say this out loud. Um, not to knock for seven, seven, yeah, four, versus, one, seven, one. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, as far as degree of difficulty, as far as going up against them. And also, I don't want to miss this question. I had this written down, too. The impact of Leonard Williams with his sprained MCL. Uh, what are your thoughts on that as well, as far as impact from our side of the football defensively? Um, well, it would definitely help the Cowboys' interior offensive line. Uh, if that is the case, if he misses the game on Monday. I don't know what the latest report is. I haven't had a chance to see it. Um, but in terms of the quarterbacks, ugh, you know what? See, the sample size is too small for me to put Rush number one on this list. Um, but I'm going to say Tannehill one, Rush two, and Mayfield three. <laughs> I thought Mayfield was replacement level on, Mon- on on Sunday, even though he played halfway decent. Okay. But I'll rank it in that order. Okay. Um, I guess you want anything else you'd like to sound off, Carl, before we go to Lady Blue as far as your two minutes? Uh, anything else yeah, you, know, you want to bring your attention? Yeah. Let me, I wanted to get into this because I was looking this up this week, and I wanted to sort of address this uh, issue. So there's been a thing going around about where, you know, whether or not the Giants are protecting Jones and whatnot and sacks and such like that. And it had me wondering whether or not the offensive line is the reason for Jones being sacked or is part of these sacks Jones himself not getting rid of the ball. Because one of the big theory, things this week going around is that, and you've probably seen it, is that Joe Burrow has been sacked 13 times in two games and is on pace to get sacked. I think it's, I think it's 120 times. But a, close, but a closer examination of what is going on has indicated that a lot of these sacks are not necessarily on the offensive line. It is actually on Burrow for holding the ball too much. So there was, I think, there was a chart that was ran this week, and I looked at it, and Jones – is one of these other quarterbacks that matches up on this in terms of him being part of the reason for some of these sacks. He, his time to throw this season, according to next-gen stats, is .1 seconds, which is the second highest in the league. Yet he's been sacked eight times. Those two things don't add up. And so part of me is wondering whether or not the offensive line might be taking slightly too much flack for some of these sacks. I didn't know the answer to that. <laughs> I'll be real quick because I don't want to hide the mic. I want Elaine to get some of this. And, of course, Brian and DB. I'll be real quick, guys and gals. Listen, everything points back to protecting Daniel Jones as far as reputation, rep, you know, anything with the office of line being any of the blame. Because I thought in two games they've had decent pockets. Daniel Jones holds on to the ball too long. And it's the same reason why Galladay doesn't get his targets. 
And this is the same reason why he's deferring to Richie, uh, Richie James. He trusts that third matchup on the field because I don't think Daniel Jones has the confidence to, to throw against number one and number two man-on-man coverage in cornerbacks. He just doesn't because I said the example last week. You know, why is Galladay getting 118-plus targets in two years from Matthew Stafford? It's not Kenny Galladay's fault that Gettleman signed Galladay. He should know the type of quarterback you're, you know, you're, you have in your back pocket and the type of wide receiver you ha- you're throwing to. Sometimes it's not a match. That so he took the money. Right, he took the money. So I think it's 85% Daniel Jones, he holds on to the ball too much. And then he'll take off if there's a lane in between the tackles. That's his game, you know. If those crossing routes ain't open by those intermediate receivers, he's holding on to the ball. He's done a good job, but this is not the type of game. He he might get exposed. Now, I know Parsons got the – he didn't practice today, but I'm not counting on it. I'm expecting him to play. So that's my thoughts on that. So, yeah, I, I, I want everybody thoughts. else to go on with that question. Get everybody else on that one. Let's do that. Um, Lady Blue, then Brian, then DB. You guys answer that same question in that order. Lady Blue. You know, with those stats that Carl said, if he's holding on to the ball that long, I also want to put some uh, emphasis on does that also mean our wide receivers or our tight ends aren't creating enough separation for Jones, or is Jones just too paranoid to throw them the ball because he's afraid of an interception? I think it's 85% of that. Is Jones. Yeah. I I just don't think he has it in him. Like, he doesn't have the guts to just be a gunslinger in that pocket. He has had decent pockets. They gave him above average protection when, granted, he just doesn't have the confidence to let it go in three seconds. I don't Because let me tell you, Eli Manning would have killed to have three seconds to throw the damn ball. Well, that's the thing about Eli. See, a lot of times Eli would, he's going to throw the ball, take the hits, and a lot of times it didn't pan out. He'll throw interceptions, but at least he got rid of the ball. You take the courage for the guts that he was in the pocket. So, yeah, I think that's the difference. Yeah, DJ needs a confidence booster. Maybe that's why he's passing up on the first and second and going to Richie James. But this kid right. needs, I right. mean, he needs to have more confidence in himself. And that's the problem, and that's what's going to get him exposed and get him killed eventually. Because if he holds the ball that much, I mean, like I said, if, if I doubt he's going to have three seconds against Micah Parsons this game. I, I highly doubt it. Unless for some miracle we double-team his, his ass. But that'll leave someone else open to go after him. I mean, he's got to also rely on his skills with his legs. As long as he can hold on to the ball, that's one thing that he gave gives us that Eli didn't is a semi-mobile quarterback because he can hurt teams with his legs as long as he has that confidence in him. I think he's more confident in himself in running than throwing the damn ball. Okay. Lady Blue, let me let me Lady Blue, let me let me just uh, add this here. As I, I looked at the separation yeah. numbers from Sunday, so, so league average, the, the amount of separation on average is two point nine one yards. In the game on Sunday, the following two players had uh, these numbers: Tony four point seven six, Richie James two point five, David Sills four point two. Carolina did not have a player uh, 
outside of Richie Anderson, who was above four at all. Everybody was in the twos. So the Giants were getting separation. But for whatever so reason, those guys weren't getting the ball. Yeah. So then, then, I, I, then I'll put the blame on DJ, definitely. I mean, if our, if our wide receivers are getting that much separation and he doesn't, that's just saying he does not have enough confidence in himself to get the, our receivers the damn Bingo. ball. And that is going to kill us. I mean, he, 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 yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that it was, I mean, four point, I mean, that that's ridiculous. Hell, even right. any of us could would have thrown them the ball if they had that much separation. Right. Let's get Brian I mean, in here right quick to, on his, on his uh, Brian, what do you think, homie? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a reason why Cooper Rush was cut from the Giants practice squad two years ago, and that's because he's a nobody, and, and he'll return to nobody status. They, they just happened to win a game last week with a, with, with a, a, a good, solid game plan, and but but it, it really wasn't him. And when you look at, you know, Amari Cooper's in Cleveland, Cedric Wilson is in Miami, Michael Gallup's been out, and Dallas still has better wide receivers than the Giants. Now, I, I'm, I'm not sticking up for Jones per se. Yeah, he does hold on to the ball too long. But I think part of the problem is that there's not, not a lot of continuity with his receivers, and, and his offensive line hasn't done the job. Um, they have on the running plays. It's all baby steps right here. And I'm probably in 100% agreement with everybody else to say, this is Daniel Jones' win, win or don't win year. You know, so you got it or, or, or you don't have it. You know, they, you know, they, they didn't take the option on you, so you got to do something here or we're, we're going to have to move on. But, but he's light years better than Cooper Rush. And if he was starting for the Cowboys that it, it, and Cooper Rush was starting for the Giants, it, it, it would be uh, like one of those 40-0 games that we had at the end, end of the year last year. Um, but but that, all that being said, you know, I, I think that the, the uh, Giants, you, you brought out, you know, as far as, you know, Leo Williams and, you know, what's the impact would be if he didn't play. By far the worst Dallas offensive lineman, by far, is the left guard, Mark Farniak. Connor Williams left for Miami. He was their starter last year. Connor McGovern went out with an ankle injury early against Tampa. Mark Farniak, and I'm not huge on, uh, on uh, PFF ratings, but his overall of 30 6.9 really means he really stinks. So 22.3 on pass blocking. And if Leo was in there, he'd eat him alive. I expect anyways that Wink's going to run stunts through his area, and that'll be particularly so if Thibodeau and or Lajari are able to play. But, um, yeah, they did, I, yeah, I don't think Dallin Jones and Cooper Rush in the long run are in the same discussion. Okay, cool, Brian. DB, real quick, man, then we're going to go on to our, our, our matchups, this, our pick'em games this week, and our survivor picks. Okay. Say it, bro. DB? Oh, there yeah, you are. Yeah, can you hear me? Got you, man. Yeah. Uh, I just... Jones Cooper has to prove himself. Jones just has to prove himself. This guy owes us so much. I don't care about these first two games. That means absolutely nothing to me. This guy still has to prove it. And, again, don't lie. Holding the ball, burping the baby, he's, he doesn't get a pass. He shouldn't even be starting right now, if you ask me. He's lucky that, that these, this new Bills regime kept his ass and, and, and didn't put Tyrod Taylor in there because everyone else is a better decision maker than Jones. Just like that the stats that call 
gave us, um, guess what? Receivers were getting separation. This is on you, quarterback. This is on you. Going back to the sacks, great point that Carl brought up again. Is this really on all, all on the offensive line, or is it because someone is burping the baby too long? Again, you know, the offensive line isn't perfect, but they're getting better every game. Number eight doesn't get a pass. And I think Cooper Rush isn't good. I agree with Ryan. But in terms of decision-making, he's a way better decision-maker than Jones will ever be. Jones gets no pass. I'm sorry. You've been in the league for how many years? Do you not watch film? Let's go back to last week. Game tied at six. He threw right to the defender who went to the flat. That dude, number 49 for Carolina, had a pick six. He dropped it. Let's not forget that. The decision-making is, is still not there. So either you have it or you don't. Number eight just does not have it. I'm sorry. We, we got a new regime. We obviously have great coaches. Everything else I feel confident about except for that number eight. It's like, like, like Elaine said, where's the confidence at? Where's the freaking spinal cord? Throw the freaking ball. Even on that last first down that he got with his legs last week, David Sills was wide open in the middle. He could have hit David Sills. Now, I get it. If you see a first down, take the first down. But his decision-making is horrible. He missed a lot of receivers. He had Shepard overthrew him. So he's not a rookie. He doesn't get a pass. And I think Cooper Rush is a better decision-maker than Daniel Jones. So obviously I hope we win because we we all bleed blue. But who knows what's going to happen. All right, real quick. Pick them games, everyone. Pick them games, pick them games, pick them games. Bills at Dolphins. Packers at Bucks. Niners at Broncos. Cowboys at Giants. So, from the top. Carl, Bills at Dolphins. Um, give me that list. Bills, Dolphins, Green Bay, Tampa. San Francisco, Denver, Niners and Giants. Broncos. And then up. Okay. Um, give me uh, give me Buffalo four. Um, give me uh, let's see. Packers uh, at Bucks. Give, uh, you know what? Give uh, give me San Francisco with three. Okay. Um, give me you know what? Give me Dallas with two. And let me go with Green Bay. Uh, you know what? Give me Tampa Bay for one. And you don't have a survivor pick, do you? I should. Um, you know, you may have you to do. come back to me for that for that one. I have to look at the game. I haven't even looked at the game. Okay. Lady Blue. Give me four bills, three bucks. Two, um, no, wait, sorry. Four bills, two bucks, three niners, one giant. And the Browns yes. screwed me on this clever pick last week. That's mine. And you've been looking at my paper. <laughs> I know. <Okay>. I just... <laughs> you just fine. Brian, big big blue huddle. Okay, four, four is the best, right? So, so uh, well, yes. I'm with everybody. I got the Bills. Then what, what are the other games we got here? So, Packers at Bucks. Packers Pack, at the Packers Bucks. At, Packers at Bucks. I'm going to throw a little curveball right here. Let, let, let's say the, the, the uh, Packers is the two. Okay. Then, Niners at Broncos. Then, uh, N- Niners at Broncos. 
I, I take take the Niners as the three, and then the Giants is the one. Got it. And First do you have any two. other picks? Oh, what's that now, you, Carl? Give me the uh, Survivor yeah. pick. Survivor pick. Um, so, Survivor okay, pick thinks over the Panthers. Panthers? Okay. Got it. DB. No, 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 no. He, he, he didn't participate since week one, man. You got me yeah, here no, since week one to do Survivor. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I jumped over it. So, okay, oh, DB. Okay, sorry about that. No, no, no. Sorry. All right. All right, so Bills four, um, Tampa three, um, Broncos two, Giants one, and Survivor going with the Jets. Wow. Okay. Okay, from four to one, I got Bills, Bucks, Niners, Giants. Survivor picks the Rams. Go ahead, Azul. No, the Jets. I know you said the Jets. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I wasn't, yeah, that was mine. That was mine. I didn't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. It's <laughs> all good. Azul. Bucks four, Broncos three, Dolphins two, Giants one. I know I don't have a survivor. All right, all right, all right. Let's get a give me give me twenty seconds, um, Carl. Final thoughts. Uh, yeah, hey, you know, we got a Monday night game here. Folks are excited. Um, I'm going to be watching with a bunch of Dallas folks up the street uh, at the local uh, establishment with the radio station. So this ought to be a fun time. And, uh, hey, you know, see if guys pull this one off and get a victory. Hey, Carl, hey, Carl do you have a no. game on the schedule that you're looking forward to besides the Pickens? Is there a particular football game you're looking forward to outside of ours? Is it just on a Sunday? And the same question for everybody. I want to see if this Eagles thing continues to be real in Washington on Sunday. Because I think okay. it is. That's the one I want. Exactly. Exactly. I agree. Lady Blue. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, I'm going to have – I'll probably be screaming my brains out, and I'll have my uh, big bottle of wine with me because I'll need that to calm my nerves because, you know, our team always gives us heart attacks. And, yeah, I agree. I'm also looking forward to the Eagles and command well, – I still want to say Redskins team um, – to see what happens. I mean, even though I, I hope for a tie, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But I also okay. want to remind everyone that, yes, even though we're still four weeks away, I do want to start talking about the October game here in Jacksonville. So let me know when we have time for that. All right. We'll do that next week. All right, thank you, sweetie. And why love five sixteen? Big blue huddle, Brian. Go for it. Yes, sir. Well, run the ball on offense and don't turn it over. Stuff the run on defense, and the Giants will win. As for a game, I want like everybody else. I'm looking at that Eagles versus the Washington Football Team. I, I, I hate Commanders. Sounds so. Bland. I, I agreed with the name change 100%. That was right. But, what am I listening to? What is that? 
What was that? Everybody there? What happened, Turn it on, Julie. I don't know what that is. I'm here. Okay, all right. Say that again, and, um, Brian. We didn't hear you. I'm sorry. That was, that was our end. Say that again, sorry Brian. About that. What happened? Say, say your thoughts again, Brian. Okay, yeah, look, I, I said Gi- Giants run the ball, don't turn it over on offense. Stop Dallas's run game on defense, and it should be a win. And I take, like everybody else, the Eagles over the Washington football team. I, the, the name commanders I don't oh. like, so I just continue calling oh. the football team. Brian, oh, no, don't say that, man. It hurt my stomach, man. <laughs> Big blue huddle, <laughs> Brian. DB, final thought. Well, I got three letters for Philly, and, and I and I, which means I'm not impressed. Philly's overrated. I mean, Detroit should have beat them. The Vikings crapped the bed. Kirk Cousins had like an NFC East uh, meltdown. Like, he's doing, he, he does great, and then all of a sudden you play in, uh, another NFC East team, and he craps his pants. So, um, you, you know, the way I look at it, they contain Jalen Hurts because there's only <laughs> – Main guys, pretty much, are uh, number 11, A.J. Brown. But I'm not impressed with Philly, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we play those idiots. But I'm looking forward to this Dallas game, and I feel good about our, our chances. Like Brian said, look, let's get back to old school Giants football. Pound the rock. Let's run that ball, eat up that clock, hit them over the top with play action, and keep those edge rushers. Um, we got to take advantage of their aggressiveness coming off the edge. So I definitely feel good about it. And also, I was looking up uh, the injury report here. Aziz Ojolari, because it says Brian Dayball says Thibodeau and AO, I call him AO, Aziz Ojolari are both making strides and indicated they are likely to play Monday night. If Bam. that's the case, Dallas is really in trouble. I, I really hope these guys can play. I'll take both of them, but if it, even if it's one of them, that's going to be a huge problem for Cooper Rush and that Dallas offense. Bleed blue. Bleed blue. Azul, you got anything? Um, I mean, you know, as far as the, our game, uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll discuss it Monday night after the game. Um, as far as the games on Sunday, definitely watching anything within our division. But I don't think we've seen a bigger Bills Dolphins game since Jim Kelly versus Marino. I'm going to be watching that. Um, so that's kind of my eyes are 80 percent on that 1 p.m. game, man. That's probably the in my opinion, probably the game of the week. But honestly, Chris, I don't see how week three games could top the level of drama in week two. I, I There's no way I could see it. So I think we're going to have a little bit of a drop back as far as drama and, and quality of games and bleep blue. I need Washington to wake up on Sunday. That's all I got to say. They need to wake up on Sunday. I, I, I need to walk around I here. I agree. I need to walk around here. I Anyway, it depends don't forget to check out the classic Stakeholder Spotlight episodes which featuring some of your great stories of the sports fans to sound off right here on the Bleed Blue Show. Check out Azul Unfiltered as he goes across the board in any sport and ways with his opinion on and off the field or court or rink or ring and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Viewer discretion is advised. And be, a, be on the lookout for the um, video clips, Bleed Blue Show video clips and the reviews to be Highlighted on the Bleed Blue fan, how do you say, Bleed Blue Facebook fan page. Say that three times fast. Anyway, check us out on our Stitcher app, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart Radio, and all that good stuff. This is Professor Chris. I'm signing off. Hey, you guys have a wonderful night. 
is we are going to bleed blue forever. We already know that part. And we're going to beat the goddamn Cowboys on Monday. Bleed friggin' blue all day long if you can. Bleed blue, everybody. Oh, oh, thanks to uh, Azul. At, at This is Steve Azul. Lady Blue, NY Love 516. Carl at the C Notes, my boy DB. And Brian for the Big Blue. I, I, I say that three times fast. Big at Big Blue Hitter. <laughs> that's wild. Big Blue Hitter. That's your okay. That's your hand. Your handle. I'm talking about. But the huddle is the one. Yeah, and okay. also the big hitters corner on Facebook. Big hitters corner. Okay, okay. Sangre Azul, everybody. Bleed blue. Bleed blue. Bleed blue. Can you Bleed dig blue. it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.